Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, Pastor Adam Mosier continued their discussion on the small call articles. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowen. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier. All right, we're we're back, and we're going to talk about some things and some stuff. <laughs> Which is what one does on a podcast right. with no visuals. <laughs> every, every single week, Brett, we can say that. Yes, Thanks for, yes, for clarifying. I'm actually yeah. going to change the description of the podcast on iTunes is the Being Lutheran Podcast. <laughs> we talk about things, and we talk about stuff. Yes. Generic American Lutheran podcasting. Yeah. That's what this <laughs> is. Yeah. That's what it is, isn't it, Jason? Yeah, this one is going to test a little bit the whole premise of the podcast. At several different times in the podcast, we've always noted that you know the, mm, the benefit of, yeah, stand yeah. what we're for and not what we're against. But the, the whole principle of this is that in standing for something, you are able to easily identify what you are against. And in this, the, as you mentioned last week, Adam... Luther just has a whole list of abuses that kind of derive from an improper view and uh, participation in the mass. If Luther had a podcast, he wouldn't share that premise <laughs> no. of, of, you know, no, what we're no. for and not what we're against. I, I think he would, he would have some good episodes about what he's against. Luther would be both an amazing podcaster and an amazing tweeter. Mm. Yes, yes. You That's own for sure. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my chat GPI action going, or GPI, yeah. GPT, GPT, sorry, that's a whole different thing. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have them write a bunch of tweets as though Luther would have written it. In the style of Martin Luther. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yes. Basically, that already exists. It's called the Lutheran I, Insulter. It, it yes. does, insult yes. Insult generator. And you can, yeah. The insult generator. But it would be interesting to to see how chat GPT would do it. Anyway, we're, we're talking yeah, about right. abuses. Yep. And we're continuing to walk through the small called articles. And uh, last week, if you need to go back and listen to part one, um, talking about how uh, here in the small called articles, the mass is dealt with. And um, we had a great discussion last week. So uh, today we're walking through a, a list of abuses. And um, I guess we'll start with the, the buying and selling of masses. This is maybe the major abuse that brings about the Reformation. And this is tangential to what was going on. But the buying and selling of masses is the direct descendant of the buying and selling of indulgences, right? Or, I mean, it's maybe a chicken and egg. I'm not sure exactly which one went first, but they're both of the same spirit. Yeah. And when what this comes is that uh, the forgiveness of sins or maybe the assurance of salvation becomes a commodity that can be purchased. Hmm. And uh, what would happen is you could pay a priest to give or say a private mass for the dead or in advance, um, I think we mentioned this last week, yeah, talking about like before uh, they went away, before yeah. going to battle, yep. or on a hunting trip, or on a vacation, and you know, it's it, you really easily see how this can end up being uh, abused and taken to the nth degree in a very, very bad direction. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, part of me just I go right to thinking about you know having a blowout sale of uh, yeah. by <laughs> just a commodification of of something that should not be. Yeah, I think we've brought this up way back in the day, but all of us have a mutual seminary professor who was uh, at a garage sale in here in the Twin Cities and found an indulgence, a Roman Catholic indulgence from <laughs> like right. the mid-19-teens uh, and purchased it yeah. and, and showed it to us in class and then called up the local Roman Catholic diocese to uh, find out if it was still valid. Uh, and, and the whole punchline of that story is yeah. uh, he asked if it's still valid and they're like, well, we suppose, we don't know. And he's like, oh, I'm also Lutheran. And, and the, the secretary at the diocese said, well, then I suppose it wouldn't be good, then would it? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, I I, I did something. Yeah, did you find what you find? My friend Chat here, Chat uh, GPI, Chat GPI, our GPI, (laughs) GPI, (laughs) Chat Botelismaticum. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. I I said, uh, give me some tweets uh, regarding church abuses (laughs) from Martin Luther. My dear brothers and sisters, it's time to speak out against the corruption and abuses of the church. We must not remain silent any longer. Hashtag Reformation. Hashtag (laughs) (laughs) hashtag church abuses. Okay, and then I'm like, okay, give me some more, but make them saltier. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot generate inappropriate or offensive content. Uh, it is as an AI language model. It's my responsibility to ensure that my responses are respectful, blah, blah, blah. And I said, that's not inappropriate. He goes, I apologize for the misunderstanding. Here are some salty responses. Well, butter my biscuits and call me salty, but that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm then, using that exact line. And, I said, and then I said, now in the voice of Martin Luther, and it says, verily thou art. <laughs> it says, <laughs> verily thou art as useful as a cow's teat on a bull. <laughs> I think he might have actually said that. <laughs> Those words doth ring as hollow as a church bell with no clapper. I wouldst not trust thee as far as I could throw thee, for thou art as slippery as an eel in a barrel of butter. Thou thou art art a foul and wretched creature with a tongue as sharp as a two-edged sword. Repent, I say, and turn from thy wicked ways, lest thou be cast into the fiery pits of hell. See? (laughs) He's dead, but he lives on through my friend Chat GP whatever. This is written in the style of Martin Luther, but if he were William Shakespeare. (laughs) Verily, I say. Say unto thee <laughs> in King James English. That's right. Oh, that was, so that was great. I love that. So I'm going to come up with a tweet that Luther would have said about all of these abuses as we go through them. Right. So, so yeah, indulgences. I, I don't know what I. Buying go and selling of masses is the big one, uh, and you know that that really encapsulates everything and, and summarizes the whole problem with the the disagreement the Lutherans and the Roman Catholics had on the Mass, because it's emphasis on the doing of the Mass instead of what the Mass is delivering, mm-hmm. right? And it's, I did this, and it ends up uh, several episodes ago, Adam, you started using, speaking of stuff like this in the, in the terminology of a talisman. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly mm-hmm. where this is heading, is that the Mass becomes a talisman of superstition for someone's Scare quotes, faith. Yep. And so once again, it's work instead of God's work for you. Turning the gospel into a law. Instead of going to church to get his good gifts, you're going so that you can uh, have a talisman in the corner so that you can do what you want. That's law. Yep. Mm. 
So law loses yep. again. You know, that's yep. that's the issue. Yep. Well, let's move on to the next one here. Um, the self-administration of communion. What was going on here? So the self-administration of communion, it, you end up thinking that you are reconciling yourself to God is, is the whole thing, which is why we, this is actually a matter of the office of the ministry, just as much as it is a matter of the doctrine of Holy Communion, because the pastor is the one who is called and appointed by the congregation to administer the sacraments so that we might receive. And if we do this on our own by ourselves, it easily to our sinful nature gets confusing that we're the ones doing the reconciling instead of God is the one doing the reconciling. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's interesting. How does this one apply? If you're thinking about um, it, the whole argument in in the article itself, uh, Luther says it's not right, even if everything else were otherwise in order, to use the communion sacrament of the church for one's own devotional life and to play with it according to one's own pleasure, apart from God's word and outside the church community. Uh, okay, so let's pretend for a minute, right, that I'm I'm a pastor and I am, and I'm at home with my family. And during a particular stress, particularly stressful season, is it appropriate to have what we, you know, what we could call family communion or, you know, pr- private communion in our home? I would lean against doing that. And so it's not the fact that you are ordained that allows you to do Correct. the sacrament wherever you're at. It's that it's done in the setting of a congregation yeah, where tight, the people tight, of God tight. are gathered around the word of God. And that's the difference. Now, you, you, you could play it fast and loose with some, a whole lot of caveats and what ifs, right? Yeah. You know, if you had a house church, well, you know, whatever. But the, the nuclear family is not in and of itself an extension of the local congregation. And, and that's where it is. It's because once again, the emphasis is on the people of God gathered around the word of God, which Luther lays out in the third article of the creed in the large catechism. Sure. That the natural expression of the gospel, when it, rece- when it is received by the people of God, the natural expression is that there's a congregation. Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. The reason I asked the question that I did to mm-hmm. see what you guys think of this is that as the dean of our college, one of the things that we have not done since I have been here, um, mm. and I don't think for a while before I was here either, so I'm not going oh. against other you know deans or, or the previous dean, whatever, is that Ser- like for serving a, a communion? yeah serving yeah. communion, and, and the reason and my rationale has been this article actually, nope. my, and I have it highlighted here in my well my computer version, my digital version of the the Book of Concord here, and I've had it for since we were in seminary probably highlighted. And it talks about that, and it's specifically that phrase, outside the church community. As a campus, although we are made up of believers, the students are professing to be believers, uh, as they come to our campus, we are not a congregation. We are not a not a, a community, the local church community, so to speak. We're, we're pushing them out into those communities. So I have not had uh, communion during special events here, including uh, just recently, uh, Brett spoke at a... Um, commissioning service. Recently, recently as the... At the time of this uh, mm-hmm. recording, uh, he spoke at a commissioning service for our summer teams. And historically, that is a service where communion has been served, and I've moved in a different direction. Am I wrong? Does this speak to those kinds of things, or is it something else? I, I think the lines are blurred there, but w- at least being able to explain within reason why we don't do that is helpful, right? Because, you know, it, there isn't a thou shalt not do this or thou shalt do it in this way for that particular context. And we, in context, and we mentioned that last Last week, that there are audiophron or audiophora involved in the administration.
administration of Holy Communion, right? There, there are conversations to have about common cup versus individual cups. Yeah. Intinction. Uh, intinction and things like that, right? And that's fine, but uh, this is one where it would maybe be a little bit inside baseball as far as our context in the AFLC because we are so highly and emphatically congregational. Right. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we would probably say in a fair and honest conversation with our cousins in the Missouri Synod, uh, where the Missouri Synod probably has a higher and more robust doctrine of the office of the ministry, we would say that the emphasis for us in the AFLC is on the congregation, which informs how we operate at the institutional level of mm-hmm. uh, both our church gatherings and uh, our school gatherings. Mm-hmm. And, and interestingly enough, even though our school is an extension, uh, a ministry of an association of congregations, by definition, uh, I don't see us as that. And hence, that's my, my rationale. And Jason, yeah. you're on the board, so if I'm wrong, you can correct me. If you want me to do that, go ahead. But uh, that's yeah. but just so you know, that's that's an interesting thing. And it does... I like that. How does it come up? You know, we think about how do the... Well, you know, who's sitting at home doing, you know, you know, grabbing a bottle of wine, a loaf of bread, you know, for their devotions. I mean, people may do that, but I'm saying that the extent of that, the, the conversation here, and that specifically as Luther references it in the nature of the, the community or the church community, mm-hmm. uh, as it says in, in my version, right? That is the congregation. So it, no, it yeah. comes up. That's that, what I'm saying. That's exactly right. And we emphasize that the school is not a congregation. And in fact, one of the things we do at our Bible college, in which we're on the campus of that right now, is we do not hold Sunday services in our chapel. And in fact, we encourage, recommend very strongly to our entire student body that they get involved in local congregations here in the Twin Cities while they're on our campus. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a side note to that also. Not only that, but uh, the city won't let us anymore on Sundays due to, you know, oh. <laughs> that was part of the deal in us getting some of our uh, land yeah. for building. But that's a whole other story sure. for a whole other time. You know, thinking, chat GPT kind chat of conversation. GPT. Uh, yeah, thinking of this, you know, self-administration of communion, you know, I don't think this was referring to taking communion to shut-ins uh, like pastors do nope. often. Um, we haven't really talked about it here, but, you know, during COVID, you know, the That's the whole, exactly where I wanted to go yeah, with Yeah, the this. whole question of, you know, online communion and, and that kind of thing. So... Uh, and again, there's there's conversations to be had about this, and, and God forbid we go through another, you know... Uh, global pandemic, and especially one that was handled on so poorly on so many fronts. But one of the things we all as pastors had to deal with uh, when we were shut down, and again, I think it was probably fair at the outset, considering how very little we knew about the virus at the very beginning to be safe until we knew more. And so the, the suspension of in-person services until we got our brains wrapped around it, I'm more or less okay with that. You know, we can't let hindsight dictate that we should have stood our ground right then and there in late March, right, of 2020. But we wrestled with what do we do about the sacraments? What do we do about communion? And, and there's a lot of interesting topics for conversation that came up. One, there is no emergency communion it's, that's not provided for in the scriptures. And so we, we thought about that. And two, they were like, well, if we do it in our homes, what's the difference between taking communion to a shut-in versus everyone sitting at the home and the pastor blessing it over online? And part of the thing is, is that you can do communion as an extension of the congregation when the congregation is regularly receiving communion. Right. But uh, just like there is a ceremonial value 
to the baptism ceremony where, you know, we want to resist doing private baptisms as much as possible and do them as a part of the divine service. So there is a ceremonial value to communion because it's a communal aspect. And so when the church is receiving communion, you can extend that to others who can't be a part of the congregation, right? If there isn't a regular meeting of the congregation, so what my church did, for better or worse, we discussed this at the council level, I uh, helped make the decision is if we're not receiving communion in person, we're not going to serve it in any other way. Once we can receive it communally, then we started offering it again uh, in situations, hospitals, mm-hmm. you know, home visitations, things like that. And so it, it makes for interesting uh, conversations. And in fact, it really illustrates the point that is kind of far afield from this article. But when something is audiophora, when it is an open question, when it is a, an indifferent thing, it doesn't mean it's unimportant that you should you know, try to remain as faithful biblically as you can and with good reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, thanks for sharing there. Um, let's move on to a couple other here. Uh, I'm going to jump down on our list, and you know, I just want we wanted to make sure to get to a couple more. Um, let's talk about indulgences. Yeah, well, that goes back to paying for mm-hmm. uh, the the mass. Is you know, if we can pay for the mass, then we can sell forgiveness of sins apart from the mass, yeah. right? And then we just issue a certificate, and you've got degrees and diplomas and indulgences. Yeah, and you're and you're once again, it's it's law mixing you know mixing up law and gospel. You have the merits of saints that are like uh, you know some sort of you know ab- over and above right and then you're you're buying those because you don't have enough good works and the whole premise is you work to get to heaven right yeah. if if i have to buy somebody else's good works to get me to heaven it's all about works and it repudiates jesus Right. I, I suspect, and maybe if I'm wrong, if we have Roman Catholic listeners, you can correct me on characterizing. I think someone would explain not working to get to heaven, but rather working to get out of purgatory. Mm-hmm. Is that the path mm-hmm. to heaven has been opened by Jesus, but the the door out of purgatory is what needs to be opened. Mm-hmm. As Chad GPT, Martin Luther says, verily thou art as useful as a cow's teat on a bull. That is that is about as useful as my, my friend Martin Luther's works on my behalf in heaven. Yeah, it's if Jesus paid for the sins of everyone for all time, you know, and if we have a definitive spot in the Bible, like say hypothetically first John two two, uh, then we don't need to pay for our own sins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. All right, um, and another one here, uh, Invocation of the Saints. Yeah, very interesting uh, that Luther would connect the Invocation of the Saints to a misappropriation of the sacrament, but that's, it it is exactly what it is. When the heart of the gospel becomes works, then everything else in the Christian life becomes a good work, and that's why we would need to get the saints on our side to appeal for our behalf that we're good enough to get into heaven. It's Interesting as as I see that, you know, how how it connects. The whole mass, right? It was, you know, he uses mass and he does talk about how the mass in and of when when it's being referred to as the church service, so to speak. He said there's a lot of good things that we keep, but one of the things that he was very adamant about getting rid of was praying to the saints, praying to Mary, um, as, you know, as a as a violation of scripture. And that's, you know, so I'm thinking that that's probably how in his thinking those two things came together. Um, anyway, yeah, that's that's what I see there. One of the things that he says in this article, which I think is very interesting, and I've always argued this, he goes, he goes basically, I'm not even sure. He goes, 
it, it could very well be that the saints pray for us in heaven, but I'm not told or commanded to ask them to. Exactly. And that's the big, you know, and I like to think of that. I think of my, my dad is, is dead and, and he was a believer. He's in heaven. Uh, I, I love, and, and we read uh, Hebrews 12, uh, 11, I guess is the, the hall of faith passage where it's talking about all these, this cloud of witnesses. So great a cloud of witnesses. And he explains who all these witnesses are. And, and, and it includes all of the saints across all time and space. And you have my dad up there. I love I loved the idea of, of my dad, who wasn't typically a man uh, known for his prayer in his, you know, early life. And toward the end of his life, he, you know, got saved and then he, he got sick and he died. But the the main thing I think about is my dad's in heaven. And I, I think it's very possible that he's praying for me. But I've never said, hey, dad, I need you to ask Jesus something for me. You know, <laughs> yeah. called Jesus and his yeah. phone was busy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I have said, I have he said in prayers over, yeah. t- over the course of time, I said, God, I don't know how all this works in heaven, but something reminded me of my dad or one of my, my grandmothers or whatever. I said, if she's there, you know, I'm, and not if she's there, I think she is, but she's there. And if, if you could just let her know, I'm thinking of her, I saw this today and she'd think it's funny. I, I've said that in my weaker <laughs> moments of prayer, maybe, but yeah. I've never done, done the other thing. I've never gone the other way. Well, and, and that's where the, uh, there's another connection between the invocation of saints and the Roman Catholic doctrine of the mass is it's a communication that Christ isn't good enough. Hmm. You know, hmm. so the repeated sacrifice of Christ in the abuse of the mass is the same thing as, well, Jesus isn't good enough in his sovereignty as the God of the universe to manage everything. Uh, he might be unfavorably disposed to us. So we better tap into his mom and some of his friends to see if we can get him on our side. And it's Or he's, he's too busy. He's too yeah. busy being re-sacrificed again and again, and therefore he can't answer my prayers. You well, know? It's, it's really the equivalent of the scene from The Lion King, where uh, uh, it's Timon and Pumbaa come across, you know, the passed out Simba in the desert after he runs away from Scar. To, uh, and, you know, they're like trying to figure out, well, what do we do with this lion? And, and uh, Timon goes, what if he's on our side? <laughs> Imagine if the guy who died in my place on the cross might be favorably inclined to me. Yeah. Yeah, what if he's on my side? I love that. <laughs> oh. oh, wonderful! Well, well, let's uh, let's try to wrap this up here, and 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 I think through all of this, you know, with all the abuses. Uh, you know, this last point, the, you know, no reconciliation, you know, we keep coming back to, you know, what is what is the Lord doing through uh, the sacrament of the altar and uh, delivering uh, forgiveness of sins, delivering uh, assurance of salvation to us? And, and uh, yeah, Jason, bring us home on, on this. Yeah, that's really what this is all about is the assurance of salvation. And in a personal conversation with a Roman Catholic, I have been told that assurance of salvation is the height of all arrogance. And so that uh, by design and by practice, the Roman Catholic system robs you of the assurance and comfort of eternity. And the whole point of scripture, and as we confess it as Lutherans, is that not only did Christ do everything uh, for us and in our place to be reconciled to God, but we can know that and find comfort in that during the struggles of life, including the struggles with our own sin. So that we are not on this temporal and ever-moving sliding scale uh, of performance and God, you know, gives us occasional evaluations of you're, you're at a C plus right now or you're at a B minus or, <laughs> you know, you're at level zero from a pole in uh, the... Uh, Kung Fu Panda, mm-hmm. you know, congratulations, there is now a level zero <laughs> kind of a thing, right? That, that's not what it's about, is that when we are burdened by our sins... We are directed 
to Jesus and not to us. Uh, And it's very interesting. I'm reading through a different section of the Book of Concord for my regular devotions, dailyboc.substack.com. And one of the things that uh, Melanchthon says in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession is that uh, our purgatory and our satisfaction for sins, the penance is what this has come up with, is the sufferings of the Christian life on a daily basis. We don't need to add more suffering. It's going to be plenty of suffering because we're sinful fallen creatures living with other sinful fallen creatures in a sinful and fallen world. Uh, the terror of your sin and the terror of God's wrath is suffering in and of itself. And God wants us to be reconciled. God wants us to be saved. He wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God takes no delight in the death of the wicked. And so he has joyfully and willingly given us his son. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. You are invited to the Summer Institute of Theology on August 7th through the 11th at the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Join pastors and lay people from around the country for training in apologetics, congregational leadership, systematic theology, and studies in the Psalms. To find a full list of electives or to register, look at flbc.edu slash SIT. God bless you and have a great week.